0: Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and this is the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Kansas City Here We Come edition, as we get you set for Sunday night's game between the 4-2, first place in the AFC North Bengals, and the 5-1, first place in the AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up, an in-depth conversation with my broadcast partner Dave Lapham, including his thoughts on how the Bengals should have managed the clock better in the final few minutes of last week's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. As the Bengals prepare to face the hottest young quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, I'll talk to a member of the Bengals' defense who knows all about the Chiefs' 23-year-old QB, linebacker Jordan Evans. When Mahomes was at Texas Tech, he threw for 734 yards and five touchdowns in a game against Evans, Oklahoma Sooners. I'll talk to Jordan about that. And in this week's Know the Foe segment on the upcoming opponent, we'll talk to Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs for the athletic Kansas City. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since... Music Streaming Services I'm an Apple Music guy, but whether it's Spotify, Pandora, or whatever, how great is it to have a gigantic music library at your fingertips at all times? While I miss the time I used to spend browsing through record stores, it's pretty cool to have the world's largest record store on my phone. Now let's get to football. The Bengals not only suffered a gut-wrenching loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, but the game was very costly in terms of injuries. Linebacker Nick Vigil, who is tied for 6th in the NFL in tackles, is currently walking around on crutches with a knee injury. Slot corner Darquez Denard has his right arm in a sling due to an injury to the joint between his sternum and collarbone. And safety Sean Williams is in concussion protocol. If Williams isn't back by Sunday, the Bengals will be missing three of their four leading tacklers against a team that's averaging nearly 36 points a game. Yikes. There was some good injury-related news on Wednesday as John Ross was full go at practice, so there's reason to think he'll be back on the field this week after missing the Miami and Pittsburgh games. Now time to bring in my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham, to close the book on last week's loss to the Steelers and look ahead to Sunday night at KC. Lap, you've seen the video. You've heard from various current and former officials. Should the Steelers' game-winning touchdown pass have been wiped out by an offensive pass interference penalty? I really think
1: it should have um, because the, the litmus test for me would be if I were a coach, is that how I would coach that play technique wise? And it's not. Because it's a 50-50 proposition. You hear, you know, the NFL hierarchy is saying, well, you know, they're not going to they're not going to dog their guy. They're going to say, "Oh, is within a yard of the line of scrimmage and blah blah blah." But in the Miami game, uh, same Sunday, exact same concept was run, it was called OPI. I think if the Cincinnati Bengals go to Kansas City and run that they'll get called for OPI. So if, if it's that dicey, 50-50, and as a coach, I wouldn't teach that technique, you know, that, uh, that Hunter employed. I mean, big guy, 6'3", just came off and engulfed Tony McRae, didn't even try to run a route, just blocked him. So, I mean, he didn't even try to hide it, you know, fake that he was running a route. So if, if that technique is employed, I mean, I wouldn't coach that technique. That's too risky. So I think it should have been called just for that alone. But Tony McRae uh, told us on Bengals' line on Monday night that no matter – he said he can't rely on officials' calls. He ran the wrong technique. He took outside technique, and he should have been inside. And if he were inside, maybe it would have been called because it would have been more egregious to contact with the rub coming inside. But because he was outside, it was easier for Hunter to contact him and more room for, for Antonio Brown to get inside of him. And then the official asked to make a split-second decision. Who contacted who first? Was it within a yard? And it was so close. I mean, in discussion with Tony, he said, I can't tell you who touched who first. It was a blur. I mean, it's all so fast. You're playing press coverage. He said, I don't know. I don't know if he hit me first or I hit him. We hit each other. That's all I can tell you. And he said, once again, it was my bad. There was no confusion. I said, I saw you tapping your head, tapping your helmet, you know, as uh, – Uh, William Jackson came inside. You guys were in communication, you know. He said, yep. And then I made a mistake. I played improper technique. And I love that kid because he got in front of it. He came out in front of the whole city of Cincinnati and said, it's on me. And uh, that kid's going to be around a long time because he's going to learn from his mistake, and it will never, ever happen to him again.
0: Let's hope he plays well at Kansas City because he's definitely
1: going to get a lot of playing time. The other thing, Dan, on that is he said – they practice the play. Pittsburgh has run it a ton. He said a couple years ago, Adam Jones made a play on it where they run on run that rub, and Adam Jones recognized it, made a play on it. So it's not it wasn't something new that Pittsburgh, and he said he felt like they checked to it, like Ben checked to it when he saw zero coverage, and he said they'd run, they've run it multiple times in the red zone and goal line situations. So he was aware of it. There was no confusion. He knew what was going on. He just played it wrong.
0: As the Bengals were driving for their go ahead touchdown, you were saying in real time don't leave too much time on the clock for Big Ben. should they or could they have done anything different
1: you know I, it's hindsight's always twenty twenty and there 's no question about it and the first thing you have to do you 're down six points field goal's not going to do any good you've got to get the ball in the end zone we 're not talking just a field goal but in today's football, as explosive as offenses are and as good as Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, we saw all of them this past weekend do last-minute drives that ended up last-second you know, field goals or touchdowns to win football games. These guys are too good. So, unfortunately, as an offensive coordinator, head coach, whatever, you have to look at the big picture and say, I not only have to score a touchdown, I have to melt it. I can't give this guy time. Look what almost happened in Atlanta when Matt Ryan got the ball with very little time on the clock. I mean, he hits Julio Jones for like 67 yards on two plays. It's like, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. You know, Ben, the Bengals the Bengals, not only left too much time, they left all the – I mean, he had timeouts. A minute and 12 seconds with multiple timeouts is a eon of time. They can run way too many plays. So – my thing is, even if you're at your own 35-yard line, don't snap the ball with 22 seconds on the play clock. Don't snap the ball when you're at the 11-yard line of the Pittsburgh Steelers with 17 seconds on the play clock. You know, if if, if you took 35 seconds off that play clock during the course of that drive, instead of a minute 12, you would have had, you know, like 30, 37 seconds to work with. So that's a big, big difference. And And again... You know, I know you, the first thing is, we got to score a touchdown. So you don't want to have to worry about all the other stuff. And you like the tempo you're moving with and all that, just stay in the huddle. Stay in the huddle and let the clock melt down. Don't, let the, don't make the offensive linemen stand up there for 15 seconds and the defense is saying stuff to you and, you know, you're bannering back and forth. You might lose your focus, concentration, whatever. Stay in the huddle, get up to the line screen, and then people are going to be like, well, what if you have to audible? Well, don't leave the huddle with two seconds. You know, leave the huddle, you know, under 10 seconds. And if you have to audible, that's even better, and snap it at two seconds. You know, If you don't, snap it at seven or six or whatever. But, I mean, Ben does it. Brady does it. I mean, the, you, you, you have to see the whole big picture. On top of the fact, Dan, like we talked about uh, during the course of the game, the defense was injured. They were leaking oil. They were bleeding. They were struggling. You had, you had people in there that didn't practice with the number ones all week. And you want to give Ben Roethlisberger a minute and 12 seconds and multiple timeouts? You're asking you cruising for a bruise and, and uh, all he had to get was a field goal. A field goal. All you you were taking a 1 point lead if you scored the touchdown and kicked the extra point. So in my mind that should even heighten it more on overall game management. I mean, Ben only has to get potential, potential even if it's a touchback from the 25 yard line, you know, Ben's looking at maybe getting 40 yards and he's got a minute and 12 seconds. And you know multiple timeouts, that's, that's a tough call for the defense to step up to, to, to prevent for sure.
0: In the last two weeks, Andy Dalton has been under more pressure than he was in the first four games of the year. Did the Dolphins and Steelers do something
1: that everybody's going to copy? I think part of it, as a former lineman, is the, the run-pass imbalance. You know When you're running it 12 like, times like they did, 12, 13 times, and throwing it over 40, that's tough. That's, they're teeing off. On first down, I just rechecked my play-by-play sheet. Threw it 25 times and ran it twice on 27 first downs. And I'm counting them all. Penalty, whatever the case may be, the call was a pass. That's hard. That's hard when you're pass-protecting that much. And the two runs, one of them, Joe Mixon gashed for 13 yards. It's not like Joe Mixon ran the ball efficiently. Uh, Mark Walton had problems, but Joe Mixon was, was gashing them. In my opinion... With Le'Veon Bell in the situation he's in, Joe Mixon's the best running back in the division. The best running back in the division. Give him the football, put it in his belly, throw it to him, give it to him in space. Utilize that talent. And then it's a hell of a lot easier to pass protect when you have Joe Mixon doing his thing. Then pass protection becomes less of an issue. There's, there's, in my mind, there's no question about it. I think, I think that they. Uh, self-inflicted issues with play selection. Not to say that the defense, you know, hasn't been bringing pressures and doing the things they're doing, but the Bengals are exacerbating the problem with their play selection.
0: The Chiefs scored 40 points last week and lost 43-40 at New England. If the Bengals are going to upset Kansas City on Sunday night, will it have to be like the Atlanta game where they score
1: at least 30? Yeah, and I think uh, (laughs) – I think it's gonna be who has the ball last and if you don't have the ball last you better allow Mahomes only five seconds with the football. I mean clock management's gonna be big. It was an issue in my opinion, you know, letting Rothersburg get the ball back. Didn't even make Pittsburgh burn timeouts. You know, snap the ball on the play clock with like seventeen seconds, twenty two seconds. And I don't care where you are on the football field in this day and age in the NFL, offense is just so explosive. I don't care if you're on your side of the field Or their side of the field, you got to start burning clock at the end. You have to treat two-minute drills like four-minute drills, you know. Take all the clock and try to score points. I mean, it's unfortunate (laughs) offenses have to think that big picture, but you do, and that's. I think that's going to be the case in this football game. I think you have to be really, really smart with your clock management, Mahomes, and try to you know try to time of possession is going to be big. Limiting his possession number is going to be big. Um, And the Kansas City defensive football teams, you know, not that good. They're 32nd in the, in the league, dead last in, in yards allowed per game, first downs allowed per game. They're 27th in scoring. They give up 5.4 yards on the ground per rush, 31st in the NFL. Let Joe Mixon carry the football. Don't, don't throw it 40 times and run it 15 or something like that. Don't do that. The Bengals threw the ball on first down 27 times and ran it twice last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? What? And on one of those first downs, Joe Mixon runs. He broke. He busted one for 13 yards. Give Joe Mixon the football. Get it in his hands, either out of the backfield throwing it or let him run the football. You have to minimize opportunities uh, for, for a guy as explosive as Patrick at home, period. You just have to do it. Um, and there's going to be a lot of game management, game within the game, of game management stuff in this one because both of these offenses are so dy- dynamic.
0: Prior to last year's draft, the Kansas City Chiefs made a trade to select a player they didn't really need. They already had a decent quarterback in Alex Smith, but they gave up two first-round picks and a third-round pick to move up from the 27th pick to the 10th pick in order to take quarterback Patrick Mahomes. It looks brilliant now. He leads the NFL with 18 touchdown passes in six
1: games. And only four interceptions. And that ratio of plus 14 is the best in the NFL as well. So he's not putting the ball in jeopardy very often. It goes back to, uh, to college. Cliff Kingsbury, who played quarterback at Texas Tech, recruited Patrick Mahomes to play quarterback. Baker Mayfield was his starting quarterback the year before. He opened up the quarterback competition. Baker Mayfield saw Patrick Mahomes and transferred to Oklahoma. He knew what kind of arm talent that guy had. As it turns out, they both end up being number one draft picks. Baker Mayfield ends up being the first pick of the draft, so it worked out for both guys. But that just tells you Baker Mayfield is an uber-competitor. And Baker Mayfield said, "Mm, no mas. Patrick Mahomes has a howitzer hanging off that right shoulder, and he's going to be the guy. And Patrick Mahomes is used to playing offense with a defense that stinks. I mean, Texas Tech never had a defense. Kansas City's defense is struggling this year. Patrick Mahomes is used to that. That's another day at the office for him. He just likes to get in shootouts and outscore you anyway.
0: Last thing, Patrick Mahomes has one of the strongest arms in NFL history. You can see workout video on YouTube where he throws it upwards of 75 yards. He threw the ball 60 miles an hour at the NFL scouting combine, which is one of the hardest readings they've ever recorded. Here's my question for you. Give me the best arm you ever saw back in your playing days, and then secondly – the
1: best arm on a guy that didn't make it. Terry Bradshaw, I saw when I was doing a game with NBC. Bradshaw, and this is at the end of his career now. He's he's not he's not the young spry Terry Bradshaw, so he might have been able to throw a hundred yards because I saw him take one step to the goal line and throw the ball to the opposite ten yard line, ninety yards mm. in the air, and it wasn't more than ten feet off the ground. It wasn't like a big parabola. You know, he just, I mean, it was unbelievable. And I knew he had a strong arm because I remember our defensive backs when we played the Steelers, they're like, man, we're all over Linzwan. I can't believe he threw that ball. I mean, no quarterback throws that ball with that kind of coverage. And that's what defensive backs around the league are saying about Mahomes. I can't believe he took that chance. I can't believe he threw that ball. That's what they said about Brett Favre. That's what they said about John Elway. The guy, though, to Dan, that, uh, that I saw at college, at the college level, a guy named Michael Bishop played at Kansas State. And – uh he was a great runner as well as a thrower, a physical specimen, but he could rip it. I mean, he could throw the ball 75 yards on a frozen rope, but not in any tight windows. I mean, it, forget portholes. He, he was thrown to the whole cruise ship and might not hit the cruise ship. He couldn't put the beach ball in the ocean, man. He couldn't hit the ocean with a beach ball, but he could throw the crap out of it. I mean, man, it had some RPMs. You know, you're standing there and, and uh, listening – when quarterbacks throw the ball like that, you hear the, you hear the laces mm. like, it's like, that's when you know, wow, man, this guy, this guy's ripping that pigskin.
0: Thanks, Lap. Patrick Mahomes has treated football fans to some great highlights this year, like that left-handed pass he threw against Denver. But some of his best video can be found on workout videos on YouTube leading up to last year's draft. For example, in one video, Mahomes throws a football. 65 yards from his knees. Bengals linebacker Jordan Evans knows all about Mahomes. He was on the opposite side of the field for Oklahoma when Mahomes threw for 734 yards in a game two years ago. Inside the locker room with Bengals linebacker Jordan Evans, how
2: quickly do you bounce back from a tough loss? Oh, well, You got to bounce back the next day. I mean, you don't want to hang your head too, too long on it, so you just got to learn from your mistakes watch the film, and then, you know, you got a game the next week, so it's time to prepare for that. 24-hour rule? Yeah, basically. That's it. that's what it is. Looks like the Bengals are going to be without linebacker Nick Vigil this week. So, obviously, the other linebackers are going to have an increased opportunity and need to step up, and you're one of those guys. Yeah, we always got to be ready. Um, you know, we had problems like this last year when guys got injured, and, you know, it's your job to, as a pro and as a teammate to <clears throat> always be ready, um, especially when your numbers call, go out there and perform at the highest level talking to Jordan Evans for the last seven years Sunday night football has been the
0: highest rated show on TV an average of 18 million people watching including your peers
2: when you got the word that this game was being flexed what was your reaction I mean it's cool it's, you know it's, it's it's always cool to go out there and play you know and obviously for me back home you know a lot of family gonna get to watch but I mean it's still it's still got a game that you got to go out there and win Kind of a ho hum reaction on your part. I thought you, I thought you'd be effusive and excited. Oh, I'm obviously, I'm always excited. I'm excited <laughs> if it's a one o'clock game, or if it's the primetime Monday night football game, or Sunday night game. It doesn't. I mean, it's. it's I'm excited for any game. It's just I don't want to get you know, can't get overly excited. and Let, you know let your emotions take control. So. But, I mean, I'm always excited just that my family will be able to get to watch. I hear you. you got to be excited every week regardless of game time. I agree with you on that. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. You saw this guy in college when you were at Oklahoma and he was at Texas Tech. What stands out? Man, it's just – he can – I don't know. He does it all for real. Like, like I said, I knew – I always said that he was one of the best guys that I played against in college because um, I saw what he was doing. And obviously, if you go back and look at that game, he tore us up. But, um, yeah, you know, he his, his arm is phenomenal. Uh, he makes plays off his feet and just – you know, he's, he's got that offense out there rolling, and he obviously has a lot of great skill guys that are helping him out. The game you are referring to, you won. We Oklahoma won, yeah. scored
0: 66 points, but he threw it 88 times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was
2: a crazy game. It was, I, I don't only really like going back to watch that film, but, you know, shout out to Bake and Joe and the offensive guys out there at OU for holding it down for us and getting that win back on back uh, a couple years back. All right. One of the challenges for the Bengals linebackers
0: this week, we tight end Travis Kelsey. Whether it's covering him or tackling him, how big of a key is that to this game?
2: Yeah, if you you know he's one he's like the best tight end, in the, or one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, he does it all: good blocker, great routes, great hands. So yeah, he's definitely a great player. we going to be you know keyed in on him and try to limit him as much as we can. Jordan, you get a lot of special team snaps as well.
0: They have Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. returning punts, one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy, in the NFL. How do you handle him in that phase of the game?
2: Yeah, you got to bottom up. Obviously do our best to, you know, get down there, uh, have great coverage and you know, trying to just keep him limited. But you know, I had a little glimpse of that too. My sophomore year in college, he returned a kick on us to beat us when he was at OSU. So, you know, he's definitely a very explosive player back there. So just gotta go out there and just go play ball. The cheetah is he the fastest guy you've ever seen on a football field? Um, yeah. I mean, that like I can remember, yeah, he's a crazy fan, So yeah, he was <laughs> he was moving back then. All right, last thing:
0: Kansas City Chiefs offense is averaging about thirty-six points a game. Do you relish the opportunity with everybody watching to show what the Bengals defense can do?
2: Oh, of course. You know, you just, you always want to go out there and make a statement, but you know, it's the biggest thing is it's just competition. You know, so. You know, we're always excited to go compete, every single one of us on the defensive side. So, you know, uh, we know that they're going to, you know, make plays, and that's just that's just what it is. That's how explosive their offense is. But obviously, you know, we can try to keep keep them down. We know our offense is going to go out there and do what they're supposed to do. So should be fun. Appreciate your time. Best of luck
0: this week. Appreciate it. With Nick Vigil out, it'll be interesting to see how much playing time Evans gets this week. His speed and coverage ability could be needed against Travis Kelsey. Now, time for this week's Know the Foe segment, and to learn more about the Chiefs, Nate Taylor from the Athletic KC joined Lap and Me on the Bengals Game Plan Show. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. We all see the physical talent; he has been fantastic so far this year. Tell us what else has impressed you, aside from that great right arm?
3: Yeah, well, it's honestly everything uh, because of his, his just mental acumen, the fact that he had years learning from. Alex Smith has just been immense, and you can see it um, in particular when the Chiefs don't score uh, points or when they have sort of a, a mishap, which, of course, we saw Sunday night against the Patriots. The, you know, Bill Belichick has a very good game plan, um, leaves Patrick to throw an interception early in the game, and then he kind of forces another interception late in the second half, and then he comes back out and acts as if he's not playing the Patriots in that stadium on Sunday Night Football, when obviously there's a lot of playoff implications involved, and goes out and throws four touchdowns and really shreds the Patriots defense that had the Chiefs had the ball last. Um, I think many people, including me, would suggest that they would have won the game. Um, so he leads the league in touchdowns. He's a early leading MVP candidate, but he mental ability to move on to the next play, to really recognize and just you know dissect defenses. And then it just rally his teammates. I mean, this is a first-year player who's gotten the confidence and the faith from everyone in that locker room. And that's saying quite a lot for a guy who's 23 years old, you know, trying to lead men who were already successful with a veteran quarterback in Alex Smith.
1: Andy Reid, uh, when he was talking to the Cincinnati media earlier today, uh, asked him about the mental acumen of Mahomes. And he said, hey, Alex Smith is the smartest quarterback I've ever worked with. And we've moved on from Alex Smith. We have not dumbed it down one bit for Mahomes, and, mm-hmm. and Mahomes is just equally as intelligent. And you know, obviously, he has more more physical ability than Alex Smith did. And uh, so, you know, he he was he was giving him a lot of platitudes, and and rightfully so. When you talk about how he can lead a team, when you're when you can make plays like he can, and you can endanger a defense every inch of the football field, man, mm-hmm. that's leadership, man. You know, talking's one, talking the talk's one thing, but when you can walk the walk like Patrick Mahomes walks the walk, whoo, that's a proud peacock walking right there. I mean, that guy, <laughs> people people fall in line around him. Do they gravitate toward him like he is the man?
3: Yeah, yeah, and and one of the moments that I thought was truly um, telling and, and almost inspirational in sort of a sense is that you know, again, this, this is Andy Reid. This is like one of the, you know, best offensive innovative coaches in the league. Um, you have a team that has plenty of veterans and skill talent, with Travis Kelsey, kind of talent, Travis Hill, and you have so many valuable guys on defense. Now, I know Eric Berry is not playing, but you still have Justin Houston, D. Ford has emerged as a, as a leading um, defensive, you know, most improved defensive player candidate for the year in the 5-1 start. None of those guys gave the pregame get-hyped, lead them onto the field speech when the Chiefs played on Monday Night Football in Denver. It was Patrick Mahomes. It was this 23-year-old kid, honestly, being like, let's show the world how good we are. And then, of course, he had arguably his best game of his young career, uh, leading the Chiefs back from a 10-point deficit against the Broncos, you know, on the road in a hostile environment against a divisional opponent on one of the biggest stages that the regular season can provide you. So it's not just that he's physically talented and has the – the mental ability and can retain just a ton of information for such a young age is that the guys around him have, given him have really given him the opportunity to lead, to have a voice, and then he's taken upon himself to use his voice, to use his leadership, to do it on his particular way and his particular style, and it's led to the success, and it's undeniable um, really just the infectious nature he has on that locker room. Because you can look back to last year and you can say, well, Alex Smith is a veteran can get these guys pretty far, um, but there's no doubt, there's full faith that if this guy stays healthy, if this guy keeps getting better, if he keeps showing off this crazy arm, um, they have, I mean, the Super Bowl isn't out of question, um, and that's what I think most teams of the AFC are starting to deal with, you know, the Patriots and now the Mingles included.
0: Nate Taylor covers the Chiefs for the Athletic Kansas City. Let's talk about Kansas City's defense Currently, last in the NFL in yards allowed, 468 a game. Mm-hmm. Although the fact that they score so much has something to do with that. Chiefs also giving right. up about 29 points a game. Where is the defense okay, and where is it weak?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and the way I try to explain it to people is that Bob Sutton, the Chiefs' uh, you know respected defensive coordinator, like the dude doesn't care about yards. He's, he basically said to me in a one-on-one interview that yards are misleading. So what really matters to the Chiefs defense, it's two things. It's third down efficiency, which they were not good at last Sunday against the Patriots, but they've been, you know, pretty good overall this season. Like when when the Chiefs get you in a third and one situation, they usually get off the field, which is the only time they've been successful. The other reason that Bottom and hosts defense will get better is if they create more turnovers. The more they do that, the better chance they have of building these big leagues in the first quarter so that they can squeeze you out for the rest of the game. That didn't happen against New England. New England sort of flipped the script. They got the early turnover. They got to build their lead, and then the Chiefs had to play comeback for most of the second half. Um, That's how the Chiefs' recipe for success has been if you're a Bengals fan. They let Patrick Mahomes really scheme you up for the first 15 to 20 plays. They get a lead, and then the defense is hoping that they either get a third down stop or a turnover early in the first half to sort of make it a two-score game, which in many cases, or at least the first five games, those leads are sort of insurmountable for opponents. So if you're a Bengals fan, you want to do what New England did, convert a decent amount of your third downs. don't commit penalties, don't commit turnovers, and you should have a chance to win the game late.
1: You know, it's interesting what you say. Uh, The Chiefs defensively last in the NFL on first down, give up 7.15 yards Mm -hmm. per play. But on third down, you know, they're sixth in the league, 33.8, a little over a third of the conversions. Allowed so that usually first down failure usually leads to third down failure and it doesn't in this case so it is it's kind of odd. What what did what did the loss of Derek Johnson, Tom Haley Marcus Peters of course was yeah. a headache but Marcus Peters goes when you lose three guys like that, um, you know on the, in the middle and back end of your defense, how how big of an adjustment has that been for Sutton and company?
3: Yeah, it's been huge honestly and. Look, people in Kansas City were kind of high and low on Marcus Peters. They had kind of gotten tired of his antics. But I will tell you this, Marcus Peters could, could take the ball away. He could, you know, cover half the field. Yep. Um, now I know he's been injured with, with, the, you know, with the Rams this year. And, unfortunately, Derek Johnson has, you know, he's over the hill. He's, what, 35 going on 36. I know the Raiders just cut him. But he was the Chiefs' all-time leading tackler in franchise history. Like, he was a guy that you could rely on in the middle. And so what you're seeing is a collection of young guys coming in in their rookie deals, and understanding that the Chiefs drafted five players on defense uh, this past April, with a mix of other veterans from other teams who are trying to learn Bob Sutton's system. And it just hasn't been the best blending that you would want in this new kind of revamped, remodeled defense. And unfortunately, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing what Eric Berry could do. With an even bigger leadership role now that Derek Johnson had left, now that there were new guys on the team, and we haven't seen him practice since August 11th because of this Achilles injury that has continued to nag him. Uh, you know, he had it last year. He has not played yet or practiced yet in this regular season. We don't. We're not sure when he's going to return. Um, but He's sort of on this week-to-week basis. But you know, if you don't have your best player in Eric Berry, and if your second best player in Justin Houston is going through a hamstring injury and he did not practice today so it's unclear field play Sunday. Without those two guys, it gives opponents um, a lot of holes to sort of attack this defense. And again, unless you get turnovers or unless you're in some third and long situation, most of the time the advantage has been to the opposing offense.
1: Finally, and appreciate uh, the time that you've carved out for us here, Nate. We really do. Let, yeah, We talked We talked talk offense. We talked defense. Let's talk about the all-important third phase, which could be big yeah. in a game like this. This mm-hmm. special teams group, I mean, they're number one uh, in, in both punt returns and punt coverage. They're number four in kickoff returns, number five covering kicks. That's the that's the units. Their punter and their place kicker are amongst the best in the NFL. I mean, right. that, that is one hellacious group. How good have the special teams been, and how much time do they give to special teams?
3: Well, that's a great question, and I think they're the best special teams unit in the AFC. So think about it from this perspective, guys. The first time the Chiefs touched the ball on offense this year was on a punt return, and Tyree Hill took it to the house. <laughs> their second touch, in the, excuse me, their first touch in the second game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, DeAnthony Thomas takes the punt 48 yards, sets up an easy touchdown for Patrick Mahomes. That's how the Chiefs got these early leads early on in the season. Now teams don't punt to Tyree Hill for obvious reasons. So guess what? Dave Tobe, who's an excellent, you know, special teams coordinator, does. Oh, we'll just take a six-round draft pick in Tramon Smith, plug him in on Sunday night football for his first real game action, and he's going to return a kickoff 97 yards to set up another easy touchdown right. for Patrick Mahomes to tie the game <laughs> or you know, to, or to get the, the Chiefs closer to the game to the Patriots. Harrison Bucker has not missed a field goal this year. Think about that. <laughs> Given all the calamity that's gone on the rest of the league with field goal kickers, Mason Cosby, you know, most notably. And then Justin Colquist in his 14th year, And it looks like he's in his seventh because he still looks like he's in his prime and he's still punting people deep into, you know, inside the 20 or cornering them. And because the Chiefs are so good at net yardage or coverage, you don't really get a big explosive play yourself. There's not really an opportunity for you to return a kick or a punt the way you would like to. So you're right when you make this point that the Chiefs have won games not only with Patrick Mahomes, but they've they've either given their defense the length of the field to try to defend, to do the whole bend, don't break, Sort of style, and they've also created these dynamic plays so that the, the field gets shrunken for this already highly explosive offense. So if you're the if you're the you know Bengals, do your best because even teams like the Steelers and even teams like the Patriots, who we all consider to be one of the top two teams in the conference, they struggle to keep this Chief special teams from making an impact on the game.
0: Our thanks to Nate Taylor, and that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. And if you have a minute, please give it a five-star rating or leave a comment. Your feedback's been great, and those five-star ratings help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.